Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Show Me Potato Salad podcast. This show is brought to you by our good friends over at Clinkstone Brewery. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan J.J. Layden. With me today, we have Callum Sicknote Smith. All right. <laughs> we also have Ewan Junior Smith. Morning. And last but certainly not least, we have Keith, no nickname, Reddick. Sat then. We'll be chatting this week about the Nike exec sun scalping trainers and a bit about music videos. Also later in the show, we have Cold Years guitarist Finley Ucker and band manager Jamie Mays. As always, we'll round off the show with our salad dressings of the week. Make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook to keep up to date with the podcast. Follow, like, share, subscribe, and let us know you're listening. I won't give you the whole rigmarole this week about five stars, but if you give us five stars, or I'll cough on you and I'll give you COVID. (laughs) Coronavirus! That's the last thing we want to be promoting. (laughs) Just just biochemical warfare coming from Lupe. Don't get any conspiracy theories here. (laughs) The SMPS pod just starting a new pandemic. (laughs) The Aberdeen strain. (laughs) Jesus. But anyway, this uh, this week in the news, you boys might have seen the Nike exec and Herbert had to had to quit because because their son Joe Herbert scalping trainers. What we're making making some massive dosh. I mean two minds like i'm a <laughs> bit 50 50 like good on him for making decent cash but at the same time being 19 years old scalpins for cunts yeah I... <laughs> <laughs> that's just because none of you can get a playstation 5 you feel like that though at the same exactly time. No, i i kind of get it like i i must admit like i'm getting super super frustrated that you see a nice pair of trainers you want to buy them and every single time you have to enter in a stupid raffle and every single time without doubt an email comes through saying you have not been successful and it's just like but cheers well, for the money anyway but yeah but like no one yeah cheers for the business but yeah <laughs> you know no worries and, and it just gets so annoying like there's a pair of jordans that came out and i was really wanting to get them and then did you didn't get them <laughs> like it's just it's so annoying and then it you've is, got guys with a garage full of like a hundred pairs on instagram posing well, next to them and you're this like, oh. guy this guy had like total rare weren't even out yet like yeah. his garage is from floor to ceiling full <laughs> all these rare as far and i think some of them were like no some of these trainers that are only like one 150 and he's yeah. got like 75 pairs yeah. <laughs> it's not it's ridiculous I'm, like, I'm just you, looking here uh um like a, a news article on it and He's sitting outside his garage, and there's honestly, it's the same pair of trainers. Yeah, it's the off-white Jordan fives, and like, I think they honestly, were like, a, like, I'm pretty sure they were a, like a, an exclusive to like, yeah, only people within Nike or something that could get them. And he's got like a hundred plus pairs of them just sitting on his driveway. Money moves. Like, it's the same, I think same it's as but it's got, not like, honestly, even. Like, he's, he's got an inside track on the market. Yeah. Like it's like I think everyone's kind of been going, "Oh, that's shocking." She had to resign, blah blah blah. But there is not a chance she didn't know what was going on. No, no, there has she to be to an have. element she knows. She like, yeah, known I something. mean, there's not all of a sudden a card gets rung up for over a hundred k, and you're like, "Ah, oh, well." That's what's saying here. He's, you rung up a hundred and thirty-two thousand. Yeah. On a credit no card. Way. No way. When that's in your also... name, when that's in your name, there's no. And also, because apparently he set it up so that he could get the employee discount as well. Yeah. Uh, so he got her employee discount, <laughs> and he got her employee access to the early releases. 
Um, so it's all done through that. Like, it's, it's absolutely disgusting behavior. But and what does his does his mom just rock up to his garage and go? Oh, I can't believe you got where that. Did, them. Where yeah. did you get all these? Oh, you must have been out for hours. Must have been all really good up. at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, I work for Nike, and you fucking somehow got them all. Yeah, it's just like I mean, there's so much to it. Like I, it just, I mean, from the fact that it annoys me so much that that's going on so much, and like people who just like trainers can't get a hold of trainers. And that's I'm like, the thing, well, that you know, level, that's that's allowing that to happen. So yeah, there's that element in there because there's there's people out there that obviously do buy and sell, but they they buy and sell properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get like people access to stuff they maybe wouldn't have access to otherwise. Yeah, like there's people out there that do it properly. Like they don't take the piss. Like yeah. They, it maybe yeah, they like make a community. Some people, some people have to make a little bit of profit, or else well, you have to, otherwise, it's not a business. But yeah, well, there's yeah, a, there's a kid on Instagram. Um, he I can't, I can't remember his name, but he basically started off by buying one pair of shoes and knew they were worth a bit of money, flipped them on like StockX or something like that. And with the money that he made off that one pair, he bought two pairs of something else and then like mm-hmm. grew it from there. I and he's think I know which guy you're on about, like P. Diddy. And, like, yeah, is that the business I know kid? I'm that's sure it the the young, the, yeah, yeah. The, the did he not Jewish fall kid. into some sort of trouble yeah, he just got arrested um, like last month yeah 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 <laughs> he did something really shady and and got busted yeah. for it yeah i can't remember what it was but i'm sure he got he got caught up in something like, i don't mind people that start off like that and yeah. build their business from there but somebody that has that inside yeah and just like, borrows all his 30k yeah, off mum and just yeah. <laughs> goes for it it, it leads us, it kind of kind of leads us like into the like jordan saying there as well about the playstation 5 or you and say about the PlayStation 5. none of us can get our hands on them because people yeah. are buying six seven eight consoles in one go fuck off you and because you've got one i did um <laughs> like I, I keep going Scalping on facebook time. market and there's guys on there selling for like 900 quid for the digital yeah. edition like get in the fucking bin i'm honestly on the verge of creating a Facebook account just to message them to go, oh yeah, I'll take I it off you. Just go full Karen. <laughs> and then just like, I'll meet you here to buy it out. I'll buy it off you. It's like Starbucks car park around the corner, turn up and fucking launch something through their window because they're an absolute <laughs> dick. Yeah. But the, the whole this is coming from game, the guy that didn't really want a PlayStation Five to begin with. Yeah. But I think it's, it's just if the anybody whole, can hook me up a PS Five. I think it's just the, the whole taking liberties with people. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's, it's just getting so annoying. It happens with everything. It's like you just can't get a hold of anything anymore because someone's bought twenty five of them and is trying to flip them for double. Like the whole culture seems to be shifting to I'll buy as many as I can and. I'll just make profit off it because they're looking for an easy buck. And then everybody that's just genuinely either wants a new PlayStation 5 or wants a pair of trainers or, you know, wants something that literally cannot get a hold of them unless they want to pay double the price for them. I think it's the same with Sony. Like, yeah, for the PlayStation 5 part. I think think they're making like excuses now that it's Mm -hmm. like no coronavirus and all this stuff. Like, they they know how these things shift. Yeah. Like it's, it's, the same it's, the PlayStation it's, 4. it's not like, oh, it's said not that, like all a, of a sudden the PlayStation's a, a popular been... thing out of nowhere. Like yeah. it's the most popular console out there. Like mm-hmm. be fucking prepared. If you know, right, this is when we're releasing. This is how this typically sells. This is what the whole, we, mm-hmm. the whole scalping thing pisses me off. The whole scalping thing pisses me off as much as bot buying does though. Like mm-hmm. a bot website. Yeah. Like th- yeah. that annoys me for gig tickets, especially. Like you'll notice that bots buy hundreds of gig tickets and you'll never be able to get your hands on a fucking gig yeah. that you want to go to. I struggle to understand I think, with the whole console the onus, thing. 
like how do they manage to get in onto say like Curry's or Argos or something get seven of these consoles in their basket a and lot then... of them will have proxy buyers so they'll, yeah, like they'll a get somebody website. to buy it for them or but even if they don't to do it or whatever there's people going in and putting one in their basket because it's for a genuine buy mm-hmm. and by the time they get to the checkout and put their card it's details gone. in it's gone because they've not been yeah. quick enough like like i do think that onus on it like you know businesses and stuff yeah fair enough a sale's a sale but like i think some effort does need to be put in to like stop people doing it that they know are doing it like obviously i think that's why that lady obviously had to resign as well because nike i think are pushing quite majorly for that to stop happening and you, you've seen sort of there's some videos as well from some shoe stores in america when they've done like a release of trainers that make the people walk out the store in the trainers <laughs> and there's this video of like obviously clearly resellers who are just like tiptoeing out the store, <laughs> trying not to crease the trainers as they're walking out, like looking like they're walking on like cracking ice. And it's amazing because there's like a good 10, 15 of them all just waddling out of this shop, trying not to damage the trainers. Guys have got but, shoes like fucking 10 times too. Yeah, yeah just walking out with clown <laughs> shoes on. Uh, but I, you know, I do think sometimes it's like, well, yeah, fair enough as a business, like fair enough if I was a business owner, but like, yeah, I'm selling them all perfect. But at the same time, like, I do think a little bit more does need to be done in order to stop people, you know, having a garage full of pairs of trainers. And then it means that people who genuinely want something like that can't get hold of them. Or like you say, with the PlayStation, that sort of thing, like, you know, it shouldn't be allowed that you can buy seven. Who needs seven PlayStation? No, it should be, it should be like set to a certain amount per buyer. Like going yeah. back to the gig ticket thing, gigs are usually set to four tickets per buyer or per card for yeah. purchasing. But you're like still you getting say, bots that have got different yeah. yeah, they've got different IPs on yeah. every purchase that they'll be able to get hundreds of fucking tickets. But I can't I can't remember who it was. I can't remember if it was like Ed Sheeran or something that like you actually had to go physically to the like how you used to have to do it, go physically to the like, tickets from the box pick off the tickets pick from up. the box off. But even like pay there, like it was if you want tickets, you turn up at you this have place, to go and get this time. Go and buy mm. them. And I think that's probably the yeah. way we're going Although, to have to what go. You see, what you see a lot of artists doing as well, I think, because obviously there was a huge clampdown on that happening. And a lot of artists now will be like, you'll show up to the concert, but your name has to match the name on the tickets. Yeah. Which, which I think is really good, but it also makes it really difficult if, say, you, you can't, can't go to a gig a and a you present. give the tickets to somebody or you give them as a present. Yeah. That makes it a bit more complicated. But the problem is, is that they've had to put that into place to try and stop all that happening. So yeah, that, if that wasn't all happening, we wouldn't have those other problems. So it's 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 definitely definitely something i think needs dealt with on that i'm sure um my mate elliot done that we had um tickets for summer sessions and he had four and somebody couldn't make <laughs> he it forgot them no that was another time um <laughs> oh, yeah. he sold one of them to some random and obviously his name was on it and it was listed in the rules <laughs> that you had to be with the person that bought the tickets sold it to this person <laughs> obviously he's gone down with two other people and got in and we're like oh how did you did that person get in? He was like, I don't give a fuck. I got 50 quid for it. <laughs> That's just Elliot though in a nutshell to be quite fucking honest. Yeah. But it is, it is brutal with like the ticket yeah. stuff. It's, it's, it's gotten really bad for... It's gotten so bad because everyone's just like trying to make... Everything. Uh, you know, everyone's trying to side hustle everything, trying yeah. to make money, trying yeah. to do everything. It's just like... Oh, people just look like at it like... People look mate. at it now. Yeah, people look at it now that everything is a money maker. Everything has to be a side hustle. Yeah rather, yeah, rather than just being able yeah. to buy a nice pair of you gotta have you got to have a picture a nice on Instagram game. with a Rolex on and 17 pairs of Jordans, you know. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> Dickhead. Yeah, get a grip. 
But that, that kind of leads us on nicely, just talking about the music side of things. This week, I watched this music video, and I don't know if you remember this band, the band called OK Go. Is that the one yeah. that was a treadmill with me? Yes. Yeah, so it was that, treadmill guys. I thought it was yes. treadmill guys. Oh, so was, sure was that, that was... the one that they're like running across the treadmills and they like jump back and forth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, okay, I remember that. Go again. Yeah. yeah. That one. I remember that. Yeah. Lovely. I'm not going in there anymore. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that one. <laughs> You just know, YouTube it, cunts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they're obviously, they're pretty well known for their Extravagant music. videos. Yeah, but they, they always do this weird and wonderful stuff. Most of it's like in one take, mm-hmm. a lot of what they mm-hmm. do. But I watched one this week and it was, it was okay goes and it was called The One Moment. And they, they record most of it in like 4.2 seconds. Ah, it's insane. 4.2 like, seconds and then they, they show it you it in real time yeah. and it's just yeah. like it's just a mess of stuff happening yeah it just looks yeah. an absolute mess and you're like what the fuck just happened and then it goes this was shot in real time in 4.2 seconds and then they slow it down for the actual video mm-hmm. and it is like yeah it tells like, I, the, the, whole the people that must have been video, in yeah. behind it but like ah. even like things popping off in the background are to the beat yeah, like everything. And then the bit at the like start where the, like the guys like do the flip book book. with him singing, and he's yeah. singing in yeah. the flip book in time to the time they slowed it down and stuff. I mean, the amount of planning that must have gone into that. But the thing is, he would have had to time it to flip it. Yeah, with, and like, right, with all the explosions and things, and then yeah, there was another yeah, guy chopping have... like through some colored bits of paint, and he would have had to have timed the start on that too. Like it is it, really good. It is insane. I was so impressed by. It. I'm like watching it going. Even the balloons bursting out to the beat. Even yeah. Like... Yeah. When you I'd first sent it through, how many times like... do you reckon they, they had to try all that? Like, how many balloons do you reckon they had to fill with I water hope, and paint? I hope they just fucking went for it and just sent it. The yeah, first time when you sent it through, it was like, go and check this out. And like, obviously, it plays it in real time. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then I let it kind of carry on. And I'm like, actually, that's. That's pretty fucking impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah major. And like, and there's, so there was another one I was watching. I just started going down this rabbit hole, as you do on YouTube when you're watching mm-hmm. this stuff. And it was just all OK Go videos. And there's there's one they do with like printers. And it's all just a shitload of printers behind them. And it's printing off. But it's all the beat and all this stuff. And it looks cool as fuck. And then there's another one they do. And they're like, mm-hmm. it's got the anti-gravity. And oh, they're doing this, type yeah, they're doing this whole routine in anti-gravity and they're throwing like water balloons and water balloons are bursting and all this stuff and they're doing this whole routine. But they just they just go all out. I think it's cool as yeah. fuck. Yeah, it's really cool. To be fair, I don't think they've got a boring, boring music video. No, but that, that was kind of what I wanted to kind of touch on was music videos in general. I, I don't know about you boys, but me personally i love I a good music video well i love a good music video but it's something i've kind of gone off because it's i think we, we kind of get into it a bit streaming in the in the interview but yeah i think because you're so it, like music now is so readily available like yeah. right in the palm of your hands i tend to not watch the videos as much as i used no, to yeah. i don't like back in the day yeah. you used to jump on like the weekend you'd sit on like, like mtv or yeah. crang or scars well, or whatever i remember like, watching getting music up, videos yeah i remember like getting up for school and that would be kind of my routine i go, I'd go yeah. and obviously get myself a cup of tea typical typical, typical. and then <laughs> then i'd sit and just flick through the music channels watching all these different music videos and songs and, and there were some absolute belters back in the day oh and it it's some of them were unreal but i i yeah. don't know I, I don't know if if you boys feel like they've just kind of 
It's not really kind of like much of a night. thing anymore. Not though, is something it? you like, see that gets done very often now. Yeah. Like, and like, if it is like big, big people and yeah, yeah, not much to it. Like but, I, I'm kind of disappointed by it. A lot. Yeah, a lot now. I just find them like they're on a stage and it's just them playing. There's yeah. no like story to the I, music like, video to go along with the song. What's your boy's yeah, just, favorite music video? I was just, I was just going to fucking yeah. ask. As a way <laughs> piece on the spot. As a way piece <laughs> on the spot. That's that's a tough one. An absolute cracker. Eric Eric Prids, call on me. Remember that one? That's such a dad answer, you dirty pervert. That's just the ones it's like off to. But it was like. <laughs> you just you're never gonna see something like that ever again. Oh, in Keith, you're getting you? you're getting a bit red faced there. I know. Was it was that your go to? That was the go to. <laughs> go to before the like, lime wire. Yeah. <laughs> just downloaded it in 17 hours and and just absolutely destroyed my computer with viruses. <laughs> That's a tough know. one. That is a that tough too. one. All the things oh. she said. Oh yeah. No. I wonder I'm taking why. the piss. I'm taking the piss. <laughs> It's the only thing I can think that of. Was really, that was a really controversial music video when it came out at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Honestly, I loved right it. Reasons. I honestly yeah, can't think of anything. Saying. Like it's it's. <laughs> See, one music video that always sticks in my head is "Pretender" by Foo Fighters. They were pretty good with music videos. "Learn to Fly" was a good one as well. "Learn to Fly" Hero was a really was good one. That like was pretender a always just sticks in my head. I think because the big waterboard behind them, that when yeah. the, the riot officers come forward, the water starts. There's one. The, the one similar to that is uh, American Idiot by Green Day. Green Day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is they, it, it's pretty similar. Come out about the same time as well. Yeah, but once once I'm kind of thinking about off the top of my head, that we're good at. Did, music uh, videos, did uh, like Chemical Romance not have a pretty good one for Black Parade as well? Like, was that yeah, not a pretty full out one? No comment. It's, it was all right. It wasn't anything <laughs> special, but it was all right. Like I'm not, yeah. Like I'm not talking about being a massive but, fan of the tune, but but I always like Blink. Blink's videos. Blink's were videos were all good. Yeah. Basket Case yeah. as well from Green Day. Yeah, awesome. And the other one, uh, what's it? Not Minority. That Minority is not a bad video. So, wake me up when September ends. No, 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 no. Oh, the one where like the guy's doing everything that he shouldn't do. Oh my god. Oh, that's going to annoy me. And he's like putting bleach in his eyes and shit like that. Don't don't do that. That's yeah, not not advisable. <laughs> I've yeah, got I've got my favorite one of all time though. Not not the biggest fan of the band, but I'm going Feel Good Inc. by Gorillaz. Oh, that's a good shout. Well, when's that? Again? I think that that's the one with the windmill and he's coming. The camera pans up and the main uh, the the cartoon singer is like sitting on the edge of the cliff, and it's like a big gig inside the windmill when it goes inside it. They, they, I, I think they innovated I think they really done really innovative music videos it's kind of easier than the cartoons cartoon kind of I really mm-hmm. like that like Clint Eastwood was a really good one as well it's a bit easier for them in that sense that's my favourite one warning warning good. that's the one from Green Day I can't even think I don't really like Green Day so I don't fucking <laughs> but it was, it, it, was a cool, it was a cool video the one I was kind of thinking off the top of my head that I remember was uh Oh, Alien Ant Farm, just like Smooth the movies. Oh, yeah. Smooth Not, Criminal, Smooth oh, Criminal was, was a good I, one. But I, I was thinking, thinking just, like movies. just like the movies I thought was always cool. And like mm-hmm. they get sucked into the movie and stuff. I thought that was cool. But even, even if you go back to like, like speaking of stuff like that, like some of Michael Jackson's old videos. Well, he was the like first. Thriller and Billie Jean and all those ones. They are. So do you have really good video. music videos. 
So do you and know that has one as well, yeah. Do you know Thriller was like the first ever like story music video? Really? So like all, all the other it, it all had... the other ones before were just like you no know, the, the band the or whatever. Yeah. And it was just yeah. them playing. But this was like the, the thriller was like the first ever kind of story like storyline type thing. And type... it is it's an absolute corker as well. I used to be it... shit scared of that when I was young. I'm sure my gran has that on VHS. Gran, gran has it on VHS. The thing and is, you and it was Ryan a big thing constantly and scared. It was shit at me. like there's the people that were around back then. That was a big thing for mm-hmm. that music video because it was like, oh my god, Michael Jackson's a way to do this fucking yeah. video. Like it properly. I wonder if it. I could sell it and make some money. Probably not. <laughs> for double the <laughs> price. Fucking scalper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they go for high price. Fuck no. <laughs> Nobody's got a fucking VHS player anyway to play them anymore. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, since we're since we're on the music music chat, we'll uh we'll move on to our guest for the episode, shall we? This segment is sponsored by Ice Sports Caledonia, the exclusive importers of Fisher ice hockey equipment for the north of Scotland. Check them out on Facebook at Ice Sports Caledonia with their web shop coming soon. Five, four, three. Two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Diving into Salbo with us today, we have a tash fit for a trench coat with a pocket full of sweets, Finlay Ockert, and the Milky Bar kid who ate all the Milky Bars, Jamie Mays. How are we doing, lads? <laughs> yeah, guys. doing good. Yeah, how about you? Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> I really, didn't want to I really didn't want to read that last bit. I felt so brutal saying it. I didn't write that. His reaction was just, nah. I will take that and I will run. Well, not even run very fast. I don't run very far either, so it's fine. It's a big compliment for you, Jimmy. Absolutely. It's probably a certain size of bar nowadays, though. So. Okay. The sheer size for sheer. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Family size, just for me. I feel you. I feel you. So, mo- most of us here on the pod, uh, first obviously met you, Jamie, back when you actually did look like the Milky Bar kid and were a sprightly young goalie for Aberdeen Ice Hockey. And then you discovered beer and bands. Yes. Uh, all yeah. all, all kind of go downhill from there. <laughs> Went downhill very, very fast. Um, here, yeah. And now yeah. I'm a, now I'm the retired Milky Bar kid that can't get on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously myself and Lupi Wino Finley from back in the glory days of Kef. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah, oh, R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> what a place. Yeah, those are uh, those are some good times. I totally forgot. I totally forgotten all about. Well, I hadn't forgotten all about it, but. I uh, it's, I had cast my mind back to the calf days for quite a while until uh, until you mentioned it earlier. Just repressed them away somewhere. Just, <laughs> just waiting to come out at some point. Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know. Like, I hadn't I hadn't really discovered alcohol by then, so I, I wasn't it wasn't like the kind of repressed stage of my youth by that point. You know, it was slightly after that that I tried to repress. <laughs> that was still kind of like the, the innocence. There was still some innocence there at that point. I think. How much is left now? so obviously you guys we, we've, we've kind of got you on here together at the same so like how did you guys sort of end up meeting that's a very good question indeed 
Jamie? <laughs> 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 Jamie's going, I can't fucking remember. Yeah, yeah, that, there's a media team coming in just It's actually really difficult to pinpoint an exact moment. I think, you know, we were... We were both obviously playing in bands at the time and uh, I would spend quite a bit of time in Aberdeen. Finn would end up crashing on my floor in Perth and uh, yes. kind of got to know each other through like local music scenes and things and uh, it's grown into this, unfortunately for both of us. <laughs> yeah, we really, we really fucked up somewhere along the way, didn't we? <laughs> Big time. <laughs> But yeah, I guess, yeah, largely kind of music, music scene base, I think. A lot of mutual friends and stuff, we all played in bands yeah. together, um, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's been, yeah. yeah. And so obviously, before you guys met, obviously, I, I don't imagine Cold Years existed at that sort of stage in time. But, you know, Finley, how did kind of Cold Years and stuff come about? So Cold Years started with Ross kind of categorically lying to each and every um, prospective member. Um, so he kind of approached each of us separately, um, well me certainly, he approached me in a nightclub um, yeah, and basically said, oh yeah, I've got all these guys on board for my new project, but um, do you want to play guitar? And then obviously me kind of assuming that the other guys had already said yes, I kind of agreed to it, only to discuss with the other guys um, kind of the next day. The whole, the whole sort of thing to discover that basically he'd done the same with all the rest of these guys as well. Um, and, and it seems to have worked out pretty good, to be honest. Um, so, so yeah, that was kind of, that was pretty much, that was pretty much it. He called us up the next day, um, organized a jam for that week. Um, I think we only stopped playing one of the songs we wrote in that session um, just before we did this record. So, so yeah, we've been, a, it's been, it's been a while, but I, yeah, it's good. It's been good. So, so were were you guys in bands at that point, or were you kind of just looking for something? So honestly, I had kind of by that stage almost given up the hope of actually really being in a decent band by that point. <laughs> I, I was like, I think I'd kind of like hit hit my sort of early twenties. I think I was around finishing uni time, and uh the kind of the real world was looming pretty hard <laughs> and I felt like the days of playing in bands and kind of all that stuff was done um, and so thankfully thankfully not I think it came along just pretty much at the right moment. Jamie so one of the last times it would have been myself and Jordan had seen you um, play a gig would have been at Tea in the Park with with Copper Lungs which was a fantastic gig but thank you more of the point how much were you shitting yourself? I think more in the lead up to stage time, I was absolutely changing my pants every couple of minutes. <laughs> um, like the whole day was just a very, very surreal experience, like mm -hmm. arriving and getting to go in like the, the artist's entrance to like getting your like your little wristbands and stuff and just getting to really explore the whole sort of festival site from behind the stage and seeing how it like all works behind there. I mean. And then we had to load in and that's when it kind of set in like shit we've got to do this soon and yeah i think like george ezra was like the secret act on before us as well so <laughs> big shit was kind of like, follow or anything like that you know? <laughs> yeah and it was like shit this this tent's full for him and like we all kind of expected it to be empty for us and walked onto the stage and the place was packed from front to back and it was just a completely mental experience but 
I think that's when we got onto stage, like you get into the mindset of going to stage yeah, and the normality it just sets in again. Sets in. But the walk up that ramp um was a bit daunting, yeah. But by the end of it, I to be honest, I can't remember opening this text so like my heart was racing so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't remember much of the set, but I absolutely enjoyed it. I can't remember <laughs> much of it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's always it's it's always the first two songs, like Jamie, you probably agree. First, yeah, like, absolutely. One to, first one to two songs. I think you know, it's always play, like whenever always you're playing something that's kind of um, something that's kind of unusually big or whatever. If you're playing in front of you know like the first time that Cold Years did like the arena show and all that as well, it's like that adrenaline thing. It almost makes yeah. it easier for like the first two songs. Like you don't really remember much afterwards, um, but that's kind of what gets you to. I'm pretty sure you agree, Jamie. Yeah, I think it's always the worst one's always the first note. You're like, just make sure you hit the first note. <laughs> just come in on time, like just make sure you get it. <laughs> yeah, like don't miss don't miss the counting and don't fuck up the first note because you know <laughs> yeah, an absolute ringer there and that's you for the rest of the set. So um, make sure your guitar's plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> well, Is that from a yeah, team? Actually, that actually happened at T in the Park. Darren's uh, Darren's guitar um, came became unplugged in the in Molly, I think it was. And uh, yeah, it was horrific, like ringing in our in ears. And uh, luckily enough, our um, our tour manager, Ben, at the time was there to fix it very, very quickly. But if it gives but, you yeah. any solace, we went to see Fat Boy Slim at Snowbox and he didn't put the oh, speakers on. It was shit. Um, For half so he was, set, not he one was song. just playing tunes. He had <laughs> his own speakers like, set up like in front of him so he could hear what was going on. And yeah, all the sound system was off, and he was just like bouncing away for a good twenty minutes. Was those snowballs and booing him and everything, and he didn't give a shit. He was just like, "All oh, right, okay." Yeah, I think That's he needs he needs a new engineer. <laughs> surely, than... surely's, uh, surely's uh, headphones aren't that good. No, it was no, like, it was had, like speakers on stage, like obviously towards stage him. Speakers were pointing towards him, so it was picking himself up, but there wasn't anything playing from the crowd speakers out. <laughs> yeah, so, like, stage, we all stand there. It was a great show. Just but, it yeah. in no more. Yeah. Front, front of house have not put the PA on. Yeah. <laughs> Other than I mean, George Ezra, Ezra, Jamie, was there anybody else backstage, like big name wise, that you got to rub shoulders with? I mean, Greg James was there from Radio One. That was pretty cool. He's he's he really said, tall. He said big names. Yeah, but he's the morning host for Radio One. He's big. Um, That's perfect. We can plug him. Try and yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, at least three on here might get radio career. Jordan one. Um, really planning it. No, to be honest, like we we were playing an introducing stage, and like most of the big artists were like pretty much always in like artist village or in their dressing rooms and stuff. So there wasn't mm-hmm. crazy amounts of like big acts walking around but i mean we caught with like the fatherson guys and things like that so that's always cool they did the king tut's tent that year and it was just absolutely insane i think mm-hmm. i saw a couple of you guys there actually um so yeah it's really nice to catch up with <laughs> with like bands that we'd kind of supported and stuff and see the stages they were playing on and things so yeah jamie the uh, transition from actually being a band member to a band manager was it something that you wanted to do and was it something that was an easy transition yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't I wanted to do. I mean, the transition, I don't think you'd ever fully get into the mode of not wanting to be on stage. I mean, I get times now, like especially when like Cold Years played like their first arena show and stuff, um, and you're sort of watching from side stage and you're just thinking, man, I'm absolutely jealous. Um, so, no, the transition wasn't easy, but it was something I wanted to do. I kind of 
done everything I'd wanted to do personally in music. Like I'd had music videos, I'd been on the radio, I'd done like the festivals, we'd done tours and stuff. So for me, it was time to sort of step back and step take another path step. really. Yeah. yeah, and music, the music business side of things was always something I was really like interested in. I always kind of took like a, a line in that was like copper lungs and things as well. So yeah, it was a natural progression for me, but the transition sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so going going back to yourself, Finley, you obviously this year he's you's released during lockdown, you released Paradise during lockdown. Were you kinda a bit skeptical about releasing during lockdown, sort of thing? Or or was it just planned so you just went, fuck it, we're doing it? Um so I guess kind of with with the experience that we have, I suppose you kind of learn to roll with the punches a little bit. Um, I don't think anything that you've kind of got in your mind about how stuff is going to go, it generally goes like that at all, especially as far as like, the music industry is concerned. Like, um, yeah, I think everything's just subject to change. And so when, when that came along, obviously that was not the plan at all. We did actually put back the initial release um, kind of in the hope that it would all kind of get cleared up in time for us to to kind of get to your schedule in place and everything to to promote the record but yeah, yeah. obviously as time went on um and now we're, we're still basically here um so we, we kind of just went ahead with it you know um we i don't know we basically just you know kind of get on with it you're we kind of kept writing music throughout as well um, and so, yeah, we kind of just, we had to go with it. And I guess ultimately there's been bigger problems in the world that needed to be solved, really, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm. Than, than us kind of delaying it. I almost, I almost feel like, obviously you couldn't go out and tour it, but I almost feel that like you may have gotten a bit more ears, at least for me during this whole lockdown, I was with my earphones in constantly, like whether it be in the garden, going for walks and all this stuff. I think there's probably the, the opportunity that people actually listened more, almost. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think, yeah, probably for me, I've listened to more music in the last year just through actually having the opportunity and the time yeah. to do it. Mm -hmm. I've probably discovered more bands in the last year than I have, definitely in the few before it. Um, and yeah, I think that definitely like the streaming, the streaming and everything's been, been super, super beneficial to us. The uptake in the album has been incredible. Yeah. It's been so well received, like even now, um, it, it really does, like we're all just kind of super blown away by it. Um, and so, yeah, streaming's got a lot to do with it. And, and yeah, we've been really, really lucky, in fact, to release our record kind of in a time where, where that facility is available. And speaking of being lucky, obviously you guys were quite lucky in the fact that you were able to do a wee sort of live show during kind of part of the lockdown and things you know how was that and how did it kind of differ from obviously all the normal gigs you would be doing it was absolutely amazing um so for context it was in hamburg germany um so that was like the only the only show that we've done basically since the pandemic started um so i guess it was basically the one opportunity that we had to actually do kind of a proper paradise release show um so it was a pretty big thing actually um so it's a little bit different in the fact that everybody was sat down um, so, you know, it actually looked busy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did that uh, affect you guys? Like, there's few uh, on stage because obviously folk aren't bouncing about and kind of interacting was, as such. You know, it, 
it wasn't as different as I thought it would be. It was different in a different kind of way. It felt a lot because there was people sitting down. I felt a bit more like as though everybody was kind of critiquing it. If that makes sense. Yeah, like that's probably the best way I can describe it, I think. Um, yeah, and other than that, it was cool. I think it felt probably a little bit less involved for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. It was quite um, a big venue, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah, it was a huge place. Yeah, kind of, as I said, it was because it was everybody sat and everybody's social distanced. I mean, if you imagine you know how much extra space that kind of takes up um yeah the place was the place was fucking huge actually um i, th- I think jamie I, I don't know um to be honest like the whole thing was honestly a bit of a blur actually you know it was kind of a pretty big occasion and so jamie how many people do you reckon standing up you could have gone in that place i reckon easy easy 800 something like that yeah probably standing i mean you guys yeah. did over do you guys sold it out at over 200 sitting yeah. um which for i mean from our side of things it was crazy i mean doing 200 during a pandemic in another country when most people are doing <laughs> zero was insane so yeah. i mean logistically it was an absolute nightmare because we had to get <laughs> we had to get ross out to berlin the day before the show um to do like a load of press so myself and ross had to fly out to berlin two days early so we could do the press on the Monday and then yeah it was just a lot of logistical work and then obviously we had to like we had to be COVID like secure as possible as well so it just meant usually we get to sort of go out and we can see cities and we can explore whereas the guys were very very limited to the airport the airplane the apartment they were staying at out to the show dressing room a little bit of mingling before and after the show, back in the back in the van, back to the apartment, and back to the airport the next morning. So I mean, in terms of that, it was very very unusual. It's not the usual sort of. We can speak to people on the street. We can go and explore like these cities and things. So it yeah. was it, it was really strange actually. Think, thinking back, it does seem kind of like it wasn't real sometimes when I think about it. Yeah, just because. It was in that kind of tiny little window, I suppose, last summer where um, where like everybody kind of thought that it was a lot better under control and there it seemed like it was gonna like COVID was gonna be a thing of the past. And you know, it was during that time where everything was a lot better. Um, and so going from that and then I guess almost immediately after with like the onset of winter and um, basically up till I guess essentially like the last couple of weeks or whatever. Um, it's almost seemed like inconceivable, like <laughs> thinking back that we actually yeah. did that like last summer. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah so it's cool. It's uh, yeah. We had it's kind of it's kind of strange to even think that you as a band actually played a gig. Like, there's so yeah. many that just have it. Like to think, like we've we've all kind of maybe gotten that little bit of going out to a restaurant or something, but for you to actually be able to go and do something, but then obviously have it all taken away. <laughs> Yeah. To be honest, like, I'm just super, super thankful that we got to do it, obviously from the standpoint of actually playing a show, getting to do all that, but getting to play the record in front of um, in, in front of people. But then also, like, and I think this is going to become a big thing for bands, maybe, because it has been, because we had that whole thing where, as a band, we got up to, you know, playing a headline show, 
and we kind of got up to that to that place in terms of our performance playing together and and I guess there's probably you know a lot of bands who haven't had to do that for essentially twice the length of time that we that we haven't you know what I mean so I think it's going to make it easier for us certainly as a band to come back after the pandemic because I think we could probably get in a room and you know and get there possibly quicker than than you know bands who, who haven't had the opportunity to to do that like last year yeah yeah totally yeah. makes sense so, so are, you, uh, are you guys still planning on touring paradise or what's the script with that um so so there's there's a there's a new record coming <laughs> uh that's pretty much all i can say about it um, exclusive there you go guys yeah there exclusive. you go <laughs> we got the was, was just about to ask that because i was about to say believe you are going into the studio at some point i looked down at my phone there i was gonna see if my like, jamie was gonna like text me keep this in Carl. keep this in do not edit <laughs> it's a bit, bit late now for that finley the cat's out of the bag so yeah they're, they're... Hey, i didn't know I didn't, say, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say like when when or where or whatever but we are working on a new album when um, when and where I'm, i don't know i don't know <laughs> hamburg 2023 <laughs> yeah, yeah. so is that all you can tell us yes you I, are I, I think so <laughs> come on love and love. absolutely is <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but basically, I think I think the plan is obviously to still kind of kind of promote Paradise as much as we can, um, and I think any subsequent tours that we will do, um, obviously that'll still form you know a lot of what we're we're, we're doing, um, but but yeah. we do have kind of forward plans as well. So I'll uh, I'll leave it I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Before Jamie comes and batters me, I'm just waiting for Jamie to like walk through the door on your camera and throw something. Yeah, I just did it. Fucking <laughs> Jamie, that was quick. <laughs> we'll move back to yourself, Jamie. Uh, what does babysitting the band actually entail? Other than stopping Finley dropping bombs on pods, you know, well, giving away all the details about everything. He's not done a fucking very good job on that one. Apparently, apparently nothing. You know, you need you need to just not let them do things like this. Oh no! <laughs> Don't let them out in public. Before, <laughs> this, before this, Finley was media trained as well. That's gone out the fucking window. Yeah, he doesn't do these. For, this is a reason Finley doesn't do it very often. Um, no. You know, like it's just it's a lot of the day to day running of the stuff. I mean, the guys they they do work exceptionally hard as a band, and they put every sort of minute they have in their lives into it. So I sort of take care of everything to do is like label side, dealing with their agents, stopping their arguments, um, <laughs> and just just sort of being like a sounding board for them as well. You know, they're all they're all very sort of open-minded when it comes to the things they're writing, but they've all also got their opinions and stuff. So it's kind of being that middleman to take what they're writing, present it to the label, make sure everything's running smoothly. And then hopefully in the next couple of months, we can start like booking shows and stuff again as well. And all that sort of planning comes into practice. And then apart from that, I don't really know because I'm kind of still just making it up. <laughs> yeah, none of us really, none of us really have a clue what we're doing, do we, Jamie? Yeah, that's the joys of it, you know. 
It's, it sounds like it sounds good, well, but to be honest, evidence, we make it up. evidence by evidence by the last forty minutes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so, have, so, have you guys have you guys got anything? Is there anything planned? Is there anything in the pipeline? Like as yeah. in show wise sort of thing. Shows, Jamie, shows Jamie, still... Jamie, Jamie, I feel like I feel like you you know better than I do. Uh, you know, what, what, what I'm actually allowed to say. No, I mean, <laughs> what's we, public we... knowledge? What's not? Only just gets yeah. told when and where. Yeah, and even then, he's, even then he's late. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was, I'd love to be able to say yes to the shows, but being honest, like we we have absolutely no idea what the sort of situation is going to be like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that a lot of festivals, like down, downloads cancelled, yeah. Um, yeah. but Reading and Leeds are apparently still going ahead. Slam dunks moved. So, I mean, when these big players in the game are moving things and you don't really know, we're hopeful that, you know, the predictions are right and we can get as many people vaccinated as possible by summer and then hopefully by the end of the year we'll be able to get them out on the road. Um, mm-hmm. At least doing smaller cap shows and things and to get the, the albums toured a little bit but if that doesn't happen they were very very optimistic for a lot of touring in 2022 and you know we're not just in UK like mainland and we're hoping to get them a bit further afield as well so yeah it kind of goes down to, to what I was saying they're just like rolling with the punches really because I think at the moment we're just like totally at the mercy of of what happens so we just kind of got a Kind of just keep cracking at it basically just off the back of that one that you was asking more towards finley like once things do start kind of coming back to whatever normality may be um once you get back on stage would you prefer to kind of dive into smaller venues and pack them out and have gigs that way to start with or would you rather just jump straight on the big ones and, and go for it i will take absolutely anything i can get um, I'm easy. Get Wembley boot, Jamie, if he wants to. <laughs> <Get> Wembley boot. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, yeah, to be totally honest, I, I will honestly just play any show that mm-hmm. that 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 we're that that we're given that's right, and obviously that's safe as well. Because um, I guess that's the main concern. You know, just making sure that the conditions are right for it, basically. Yeah. So this this one's kind of to the Perry is, but. Finley, you obviously kind of discussed things getting back to normal or whatever, but how do you both kind of see the music industry recovering from this and kind of evolving after COVID? Obviously, it's, it's all been strange. Everyone's kind of had to adapt, so. Yeah, I think, I mean, it will recover because, I mean, music's a big part of everyone's life. Yeah. Um. So it might take longer to go back to what we see as normal, than what we hope but I mean I think what we've seen through COVID is the people that are like utilizing the internet and like the live streams that people are putting on I mean there's been some absolutely crazy shows done over the internet like with like production values that we'd put into like a live show and a venue and you know we we might start seeing a little bit more of that if you know this goes on for a bit longer or people might say well I've toured last month but I want to get some more out to my fans, so let's do a live show and on the internet, and you know, so live streaming will probably become a lot more popular along yeah. with this sort of. I suppose you can like you can branch to anywhere and everywhere doing that. It's not like you're so yeah. like no, like you usually you tour and you go right. We're going here, 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 and here. Whereas doing something like that, you can 
can go anywhere. Everybody's basically. capable of seeing Everyone's it. Everyone's capable yeah. of seeing it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is super cool, actually, because um, we 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 did a few of the live streams. It was it was just predominantly Ross doing um, kind of acoustic sets on like the Instagram TV, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And it is incredible, actually, um, what you're saying there about kind of getting out to people in different places that you might not otherwise. Because quite a lot, you'd say, you know, where are people tuning in from, and it's literally all over the world. Yeah. And like that is super cool. Yeah, um, and it just goes to show like the power of you know, using using stuff like that and how many people you can reach in, in quite a nice kind of personal way as well. Yeah. I think as well with that, so like like you're saying, obviously people are tuning in, when you go on more like a poster or something that's been released on Facebook or Instagram where the band's going to be touring, there's always hundreds of people like, come here, like, can you come to America, come to this part of America, like, because they want to see you because they, they can't get three, four hours to the next city to see you. So mm. I, I haven't tuned into like, like a main live gig um, or anything. Like there's a couple of bands that I, I follow that have done them. I just haven't had the time to check it out or anything, which is a bit unfortunate, but um, I think, I think it's good. I do. Yeah. I think though, I think though ultimately, despite all that, I don't think it could truly replace live music. No. And it's kind of what Jamie was saying. I think there is like a super kind of inelastic demand, if you like, for, for music. It's one of those things that, that people are always going to go back to. I don't think I don't think that, you know, after the pandemic, people's, you know, kind of need for that is mm -hmm. going to be changed. Um, definitely. And, so, and so that's kind of reassuring. It definitely. Like we were yeah. saying it just the other week, like with us taking on Jamie's old band Cold Years for the intro and outro. It just made me think back Copper to the lungs. team. Wrong, lungs. Wrong name. What did I just say there? Cold years. Cold years. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we're, we're dropping even more news, boys. <laughs> I was thinking, when did fuck. we beat Jamie? <laughs> sorry, sorry. But no, like I was thinking back to Copper Lungs days when we went to see them at Team the Park and I was just thinking, I fucking miss live gigs. I just want to be, I, like, that's one thing yeah. we've kind of said is we, we miss live gigs and we want to go back. Like now, I, 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 I miss <laughs> gigs more than anything really in lockdown. I mean, I think Definitely. live streaming will probably become more of a tool for bands than a necessity. Like mm -hmm. if you take like cultures, for example, like, they might not have a massive fan base in certain areas of the world, but if we can sort of do a live stream and target those areas, like 15 people watch, but those 15 people tell two friends yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden Branching it grows out. naturally. And it gives so, you somewhere I mean, to tour the next time you're out on the yeah, road. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it becomes a possibility to tour, you know, different parts of America and stuff that, you know, yeah. not every band in the world is going to get to do. So, I mean, it could become more of a tool than a necessity. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. kind of, I suppose, like, it brings me on to ask a question I was about to ask you guys. Obviously, we mentioned things about Spotify earlier and you talk about streaming and things like that. Obviously, do you guys feel that obviously the music industry has to adapt quite a lot because of the changes with things like streaming and things like that? Like, do you find it's been advantageous? Like, certainly it sounds like it has at this moment in time. Do you see going forward, obviously, as you're saying, that looks like it will play as a strength to a lot of bands? I would say that, oh, oh, both jumping in, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> After you, Jamie, the, 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 oh, music, the music business, man. Oh, well, who's that? <laughs> um, I just, I think, like, streaming services especially, like, they, they get a bad rap, like, rep and stuff across the music business and stuff, but it does help smaller bands 
reach that wider audience. I mean, without streaming, I don't think that cold years would ever reach people in Australia. I mean, we're sending merch out to Australia, we send merch out to America, like all over the world that if it wasn't for these like streaming services that they'd be able to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose in terms of that, then yeah, it does play to bands' advantages. But at the same time, has it had an effect on this, like the sale of physicals? Probably, you know, you don't shift a ton of physicals if you're not seen as a massive band and stuff. So, I mean, it's finding that middle ground where you can shift between just being a streaming band and selling physicals or being a huge band and just selling physicals and not streaming as much. You know, it's it's like that. So for smaller bands, it definitely has its advantages because they can reach far and wide. You know, it's one yeah. share on someone's Facebook or Instagram or like we're seeing now as well. I mean, with that like sea shanty song and stuff like TikTok. Yeah. You know, yeah. One, one viral video and your song's on it, and then you can explode. So, I mean, in, in terms of social media presence and streaming services, then yeah, it can have a massive, massive effect. Yeah, I don't think though, I, I actually don't think though that the, that the advantages and, and also the amount that you grow your fan base by touring can actually ever truly be underestimated. Like as much as I think there's this kind of idea that kind of digital music and streaming and all the rest of it kind of runs everything nowadays. Um, I would say from our experience, like obviously that has been, you know, massively advantageous to us, but also our periods of kind of growing our audience quickest, um, like noticeably seeing more and more people engaging and, you know, being interested, our sales and streams all going up, is at the time when we're actually going out on tour. Um, and I think still um, across the music industry, that is still such a fundamental thing or a fundamental way of bands growing. Um, and I really don't think that that can, that can really be underestimated. Well, I think yeah. it's like when, when you go to a gig, there might be that one or two bands that you, you don't know on the bill. And once you've heard them, that gives you another band to go home and check out. Like there's so many yeah. bands I've picked up in the past or I've maybe heard one song from them um, mm. before going to that gig. And then you see them and you're like, oh, actually, I really enjoy them. So I'm going to yeah, go and I get mean, stuck in. But also kind of, also kind of like, what you're saying there, Callum, you've heard one song, then you hear them live and you go, oh my God, this band's amazing live. Yeah. I just have to keep listening to them because they're just so yeah. good. Yeah, and I think like the number of messages and comments that we get saying, oh, hey, I discovered you guys, you know, like supporting Dave Foss or, you know, um, just, just forever, basically. So many, so much of our audience, I would say, actually comes from that kind of super kind of organic like growth from from seeing us live and everything and that's actually a super nice thing to be totally yeah. honest mm-hmm. um because it does just totally validate the fact that that live music is still you know such such a big player yeah. yeah jumping on the back of you speaking about um bands growing their audience and that we kind of just wanted to pick your brains and ask you is how do you see well not how you see how do you feel about bands changing their styles and to kind of suit the current trends in the charts at the moment, like fall, like not following mainstream stuff, but kind of just trying to get themselves out there a bit more by changing their style. How do you both feel on that? I think just adapting to adapting to an audience is a pretty a pretty natural natural thing. I think obviously you primarily want to do what you want to do, but also 
if nobody's going to listen to it, then I mean, you might be delighted with what you're doing. But ultimately, if you want to do it as a career, then, you know, what's the fucking point in making something that nobody gives a shit about? Like quite, quite brutally. The music needs to be well received by the people that are going to listen to it. Yeah, and I I think there's there's a fine line there, definitely. And but but I think like music naturally, kind of the music that you make, probably naturally, yeah, yeah, and 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 probably does in some way or other maybe kind of follow general music trends. I would say. Suppose there's going to be stylistic sort of inspirations as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the big players in that sort of game is probably. I mean, like, look at Bring the Horizon. I was just about to say that. I knew you were going to say that. It's it's my app. Like when like when we talk about it, like when like we're speaking like with like the band and stuff, you just look at these guys. Like they're not afraid to take risks, but their change also shows like musical like maturity as well like they're growing <clears throat> musically like they added like jordan their synth player and stuff and then it grew into a whole new thing would they be as big as they are now if they were still that screaming band from sheffield back in 2006 or whenever it was they came out no i mean these guys are now selling out arenas worldwide and there's one reason for that is that was because they were willing to make that change to yeah. gain that demographic and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's so much following musical trends as in being very, very clever in terms of knowing how these trends are going to work and the, like the demographic you're sort of appealing to because that sort of heavy, screaming music sort of died down for a long time. You know, it's maybe coming back now, but there's a few years where, you know, pop music was heavily, heavily influenced in the charts. So if, if you need to add that sort of aspect to your music to grow and make... I mean, at the end of the day, all musicians want that dream of having music as a career. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to work out ways of doing that and sticking to what you've always done isn't always, unfortunately, the answer. Do you feel as well with that, though, like, like Bring Me The Horizon is like the perfect example, like you're saying, going from back in like 2006 when they were heavy as fuck, essentially, to now kind of poppy synth kind of style and would you be scared that you would lose your your main fan base your core fan base your core fan base as such uh, no i mean no, no, really. no, no, no. <laughs> follow the I mean, that, that was too hesitant that was too hesitant no i was thinking about no, i think i think it's sorry i mean the proof is there that they haven't lost that loyal fan base if anything they've grown a larger loyal fan base that will follow them anywhere yeah, you know, you you don't you don't become a band the size of Bring Me Horizon by standing still, and I, I think that's proof of learning to adapt and learning to change and yeah, be willing to take risks. I mean, it's quite easy for them to say, "Oh no, we're happy doing the really heavy stuff; it's where we feel safe." But if they hadn't taken that risk, would they be where they are? Mm-hmm. I would also I would also say that in terms of fan base, it's not just bands that are you know progressing, growing older. Um, Obviously, like kind of fans who discovered Bring Me, like I love Bring Me. Um, like when they first came out, when they were thrashy, like I can still play like half their first EP on guitar. Um, like I love that shit. Um, but obviously, through the years, they've changed. You know, musically, I've changed as a person as well. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I guess like the way that bands progress almost then have an effect on the way that their fans' music taste progresses. Yeah. to a degree you know for super invested fans 
yeah allows them to pick up other bands that are of that similarity yeah yeah yeah. and so like i think probably the the tastes of you know the core fan base um probably also change and probably also maybe go hand in hand with what a band is doing you know Mm -hmm. i mean unless a band do something which is you know absolutely terrible or whatever that they hate but i mean the chances of that are relatively small i would say yeah yeah i mean lots of bands do it i mean you've got like Fallout Boy did it as well. I mean, yeah. you take, like take us to your grave. Of disco as well. Yeah, and then you listen to what they're bringing out now. And yeah. but I mean, I'm a massive Fallout Boy fan, and my go-to albums will probably be like Take Us to Your Grave and From Under the Court Tree. But you know, I'll still spin some of the other songs and stuff. You know that that loyalty to them still there, not and it won't change. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would be willing to bet. Um, see with the. They kind of shift the more sort of electronic influence stuff that bands you know, like, for example, Bring Me, etc., um, went to. I'd be I'd be more than willing to bet there's a lot of people, um, a lot of their fans who maybe never even delved into that kind of side of music before before listening to that, mm-hmm. and and so that's maybe then opens up a whole different musical realm for for their audience as well, you know, from for for them doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I, you know, I tried to say there, like from from the bands making those records. Going to pull it back to a little bit of the homegrown roots here, like um, back in the day, the Aberdeen gig scene was phenomenal. Like we'd all pretty much be on Belmont Street Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in Drummond's Calf Tunnels like just smashing out gigs with mates how how do you feel the music scene here is not currently right now obviously with the pandemic going on but before before this all happened how did you think the Aberdeen scene was going shite from the look on your face (laughs) just because everybody's listening yeah Finlay's facial expression didn't look very positive (laughs) yeah I'm gonna say compared to where we were um, and where we are yeah probably not good but but I don't think I don't think that's that it's you know game over there is a lot of really good bands there's a lot of really talented people in Aberdeen yeah we've got a lot of friends who play in bands we're just beginning to break through now and like sadly the pandemic's really um set a lot of them back and um, mm. but at the same time I think we when we were young you know you're speaking about days like Kef and like Drummond's and all that sold out every Friday and Saturday night I think like we lived in like a really good time where there was a lot of bands from Aberdeen who'd all sort of come up at about the same time and were, you know, all achieving kind of relative success at the same time. Yeah. There was a lot of up and coming bands coming to Aberdeen that fitted with that genre as well. And so like, there was a lot of like togetherness, if you like. Yeah. Um, but I think that kind of died for a while, but I think there's definitely hope. And I think after the pandemic's done, there's going to be, there's going to be some quite a lot of waves actually I, re- I really do believe that that some of the guys in Aberdeen are are, are gonna are gonna do some pretty pretty cool things yeah. in the years yeah. to come mm-hmm. personally something I'd love I'd love to see it like I used to back then like you'd, be, you'd play a gig myself and then like you'd jump off the stage and you'd maybe have to go run around to one of the other venues to catch your friends band like yeah I used to yeah. love doing stuff like that it was <laughs> yeah. brilliant but I'd love to start getting back to gigs in Aberdeen like on a Friday or Saturday it's yeah, that was incredible, actually. I totally forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, because, like, your mates would have been playing, playing Kef or whatever, and then you'd want to get back to Drummond's for the headliner. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I thought about that in ages. 
So do, do you think there's like a reason why it's kind of dropped off ever so slightly? Because calf shut. You're not really seeing you're not really seeing the touring bands coming through like the north of Scotland anymore. I mean, Dundee sort of felt the same thing. You would see mm-hmm. like these up and coming. I mean, I remember like Enter Carry back in the day. They would like when they did a tour. I mean, they did a tour. You know, yeah, they were hitting like, every city in Scotland near enough. Yeah, yeah Dundee. They'd even they'd even go to like Arbroath. I mean, mm-hmm. that's Arbroath. And then they go up to Aberdeen and they come back down. <laughs> And I just you're you're not seeing that on tours anymore. Like the main musical market in Scotland's mm-hmm. probably Glasgow. I mean, that's where the majority of your venues are. Yeah. And that's where like that's where bands, I mean, that's where your academy is, that's where the hydro is. Bands that are at that level now are just, oh, we're doing one one show in Scotland, so it's gonna be Glasgow. I mean, if everyone's gonna see us, then they'll travel. Mm-hmm. And I think as soon as that aspect's taken away, then the local scene's going to die down because there's only so many times you can support headline slots with your friends band and before yeah, people yeah. start not turning up to those shows so yeah it's all kind of bo- it all kind of boys each other doesn't it like mm-hmm. i think yeah i know like pretty much all we've done on this podcast is talk about how much we love bringing her eyes in um <laughs> but kind of what you were just saying there jimmy about interest as well i think probably in the time when i think all of us were you know going to loaded gigs you know kind of what we're just talking about don't like bands like Bring Me the Horizon and Shikari. I know for a fact that you know I I went and saw both of them. I think and Shikari playing like Tunnels and Drummond. Uh, bring me, bring me the her, yeah. Music bring me, bring well. me, yeah. Bring me the Horizon playing in Drummond. I remember that as well. And so like I think it maybe just was like a really good time for that kind of style of music and also bands, upcoming bands which are now obviously, um, you know, absolutely huge. And so, and so I think like that all kind of just almost kind of created almost the perfect conditions um, for, for, for that like really good scene, that really good local scene that we used to have. Yeah, I, su- I suppose as well, like with these bands coming up, it just makes you want to play. Like, yeah. You must see, see these guys going up and playing and you're like, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. We can, we can compare it like, because I know, I know what it's, it's kind of like, like, I'm, I'm kind of going off in a wee bit of a tangent here. I have no idea what I'm saying here. <laughs> I've lost that's my way. The, I've lost my way. Welcome to my life, man. Yeah, that's that's the uh, absolute that's, brain part there. That's the effect that Finlay has on people. <laughs> right, and because of that, I'm just going around this off. <laughs> I'll do you a deal. Like, if you edit out one of my brain parts, and then you can edit out your brain parts. No, it's, it's not Jordan that's editing me, it's me. <laughs> Callum will make me look as bad as possible, I can guarantee it. Nah, <laughs> it doesn't happen too often. <laughs> at least I've got near enough a week to edit this. Anyway, anyway, guys, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure as always mm-hmm. i think i think we can all say it's been good catching up absolutely yeah, it's been definitely. great absolutely. and get you, you back know. on once this new album drops since we're not like yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> 20 2023 guys yeah yeah we got a date <laughs> hey, relax. Right. take care you too guys thanks, thanks, thanks again guys. Guys. cheers Massive thanks to Jamie and Finlay for joining us for that one. It was uh, really uh, fair, insightful actually, into sort of 
bits and pieces of the kind of local music scene and, and obviously just the music scene around the world as well. I thought it was really interesting to sort of hear their views from that side of things. What do you reckon, boys? I think music, because it's such a large part of everybody's life in some way, shape or form, it was it was good to just sit with them with friends first and foremost, mm-hmm. but somebody or guys that are in that industry to give you the insight. I generally found it really interesting and I was involved with a gigging scene donkeys ago but I, I, I loved it and I miss it but I think I just I just think it was ace to just kind of hear again from somebody else what their experiences are and with with that especially, thing. especially since they've kind of made it they've yeah. kind of progressed well, just, past the being a teenager and doing it and actually I was just about to say, like it's it's really good yeah. to see a local band like them doing so mm-hmm. well like I remember yeah, yeah. I went and seen them in tunnels i don't know but two maybe two three years ago and i remember watching them and i remember thinking these guys are too big for this now mm. and it was it was a weird thing to see because you're so used to you no know, going to these small gigs and bands are just playing and that's that but when i saw cold years i remember just thinking these guys are so in tune with each other yeah and it just flowed so well that i was like these guys are too big for this now they need they need to go bigger yeah they're just too good. <laughs> I think at the same time with that as well, like saying it's good to see friends get to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. That they're, they're progressing onto the, the main kind of touring circuit. Like Jamie touches it in uh, on it in the interview that they were doing arena tours or like small arena tours. Um, and then as well, Finley was saying that they gigged during the pandemic and they're probably one of the only bands that got to do that, yeah. which in my it's opinion huge, is fucking yeah. awesome. Uh, sounded like really a fucking cool. logistical nightmare but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but they got it done <laughs> yeah well. anyway boys you know what time it is salad dressing so for a bit of a change this week we'll have jamie and finley giving us album of the week a little bit later on but to start off we'll have game of the week with our resident gaming virgin ewan <laughs> <laughs> this week I'm going for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, it's a single player action adventure story. Um, it's a kind of comic book based and story basis with characters that are going to show up. And if you've ever played any Batman uh, Arkham series games, uh, the combat style is very similar. So it's kind of uh, easy to follow along with that. And it's just a simple game. See, the, 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 good thing, the good thing about this Star Wars one is it's an actual story. The one yes. prior to that, I can't remember the name of it, but the one prior... The Battlefield, Battlefront games. Is it Battlefront? Yeah. Was, yeah, Star Wars. Like, I didn't mind that one, to be fair. But they're, they're, they're okay, but they're just... I don't know. It's I just, just, just felt like... It's shooters. It's just multiplayer yeah, games. I was yeah. like, I'm not going anywhere. This doesn't feel that like great. Whereas the stories, I at least feel like I'm doing like, something. something. Yeah. Yeah. I get to customize a lightsaber and be a little virgin, so it's fun. Exactly up your street then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Moving on from that, we've got uh, Keith with movie and series of the week this week. Yeah, so this is a a series of movies, boys. It actually falls on quite nicely from what Junior was saying about the game in there. I've uh, picked the Dark Knight trilogy uh, and the Christian Bale ones um, done by Chris Nolan. Uh, It's probably my favourite what is my favorite superhero series that's ever come out? I will it's, join you on that opinion yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll join you on that one too. <laughs> I think I think they're I'm incredible. A, I'm a huge Marvel nerd as well, but I will still say that Dark Knight trilogy is the best comic book movie. Yeah. I've watched I've watched a good chunk of the Marvel, but I'm still with 
the Dark Knight. I just think it mm-hmm. it, it goes over and over. I think that just the whole way it's done as well, like the way it's directed, like just the whole way the movies are produced. Oh, yeah. Like uh, Christopher Nolan's fucking amazing. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's by far by far the best comic book in my eyes. Yeah. And I, like we're saying as well, with the Dark Knight trilogy, with obviously you can't you can't go away from it without speaking about the Joker and Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. That yeah. performance that performance in itself. Like, okay, I don't know if he if he didn't die, I'd like to think we would still look at it in the same oh, way. Oh, I think one hundred percent you would. I would think like, so. Yeah. I would like think, so. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there was so many things as well in that that when I was reading up about it that he sort of improvised as well. Um, yeah. So like, I think even like, the the uh, the lip licking and stuff. I think he. Yeah. Yeah. All that in. Never, but there was like yeah. key key bits in the scenes. Like I, I'm probably not ruining anything, but when the hospital blows up and you know how the 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 detonator doesn't go off and he starts fiddling yeah. about with it, like that was a genuine mishap with the pyrotechnics and yeah. he just improvised it and started fill them out and then the explosion went off uh, and so just things like that as well getting, that hospital was actually getting demolished and they so only had one take to do it scene. as well didn't yeah. they so he was like oh when he when he noticed that it didn't go off he was like oh that explosion was a bit shit and then it went off again and it genuinely <laughs> scared him and then you just <laughs> see him like jump and then kind of continue to walk off yeah perfectly. i'll put you on the spot a little bit mm. heath ledger joaquin phoenix's joker Ooh. two different Two very different jokers, Fuck aren't off. they? Just fucking give two us very, an answer. Two different, two different, give us an answer. Films, Don't sit in the films. Oh, fuck. I think, <laughs> I think from from the, the portrayal of the Joker style in the Nolan films, Heath Ledger was absolutely incredible. But the Joker style and the Joker story in the Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix Joker was entirely different. It was more just a guy yeah. who if you're looking for started a, story, a movement rather than a, a villain. A psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> So like Heath Ledger was like comic book villain style, whereas Joaquin Phoenix almost felt more like a character development and like a movement rather than yeah, like he's a bad guy. If you're looking for a story based Joker, it's Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. But if you're looking for just a comic ba- comic book based Joker, you're going with Heath Ledger. Yeah. Jordan's pissed off because I haven't given him an answer. Yeah, you're just fucking sitting yeah. in the fence. You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't though, because they're not comparable. They, they, well, you yeah. can compare, compare them all you want. But you can. Anything. We can, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Right, before you end up throwing the handbags, we'll move on to, to Jamie and Finlay this week for a bit of a change for album of the week. So, um, for me, it has to be the self-titled album by Blue Money 2. It's just... Yes. And yes. as far as I'm concerned, it's an absolute masterpiece. Um, it's where they kind of took that step from being that jokey pop punk band into the seriousness slightly more still pop punk but harder sort of side of things and yeah just an absolute brilliant album start to finish is it, they came they came into their own in that one i think they like they became yeah. mature like when you listen to it all the way through you're like oh this isn't the the fun fun loving band that we were used to but it's still unreal yeah i mean they were hitting like writing hard-hitting songs rather than, I mean, they, they sort of moved to that with like Take Off Your Pants and Jacket with like Stay Together for the Kids and stuff, but there were still yeah. the, the poop jokes and funny songs about boners <laughs> and stuff, whereas on like self-titled <laughs> the album, yeah, the self-titled album was just start to finish, like songs that had meaning to them and things and yeah, you know, it's just a fantastic album. 
Awesome. And what about you, Finley? What have you got for us? So my album of the week is Somewhere Nowhere by Hundredth. So we, I think we spoke a bit earlier about bands which started off in a specific style and they've basically completely changed it up. Um, so Hundredth started off as um, kind of hardcore band and like over the course of the recent albums, they've been going to more and more sort of electronic kind of almost like 80s sort of influence kind of thing. Okay. Um, and I think they brought that album. It was only like a few months ago anyway. Um, <clears throat> and it's got a few absolute crackers on it. Um, and I haven't been able to stop listening to it. I don't know. Have any of you guys listened to it? It's maybe a bit of an outsider no. choice. No, I haven't, but I, I think I might get on that actually because I quite like that sort of like 80s style. Vice City shit. Kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like flannel shirt and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's like yeah, I would I would highly recommend anyway. Um, Who was that? Hundreds, hundreds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got a really psychedelic cover. It's like it's like a frog or something. I think is on the cover. <laughs> I don't know. I've got it. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a psychedelic frog on the cover. So like, I mean, I saw it and it's like gonna fucking listen to that even if it's shit. Yeah, <laughs> that looks like so, it's gonna be good. Yeah, just, I just thought, I, yeah, I just I just knew it was gonna be good whenever I saw that. Awesome. And finally, moving on to restaurant of the week, we have Jordan. So this week I'm going with Maggie's Grill. Great awesome, show. awesome soul food, American soul food. I've not had a bad experience there no. at all. No. And it's it's not a huge restaurant, and I think that makes it. It's at not the same it time. Feels, that's the only funny. downfall, I think, because yeah, you can never get a bloody seat. Yeah. it's kind of it kind of makes it and it also kind of works against it because obviously it'd be great if it was bigger because it could pack more people in it and it would pack more people in it but i think the yeah. fact it's smaller makes I it almost a bit better sometimes as well yeah like i love i just i'm just prepared unlike you calm and i just book my table in advance and yeah. then and it's got such a nice family feel to it yeah nice yeah nice little restaurant it's awesome food and it's pretty well priced as well like mm-hmm. you're, yeah, you're, you're not you're, you're not breaking so. the bank yeah that's yeah. you go yeah. out, you go out well fed you leave the door fat and sassy oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and again <laughs> it's local uh-huh. support it 100% yeah. so I, i'm that's very excited to get back in there when everything starts opening up again Agreed. I think we've got. Exactly I think we've got plenty of places. Yeah. We're just not <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sundays. It's growing and growing and growing every week. What we'll do is we'll go on a weekend bender and we'll stop at a restaurant with a pub. So it'll go pub restaurant, pub restaurant. I think that's a good shout. I'll just do a weekend bender of eating food. Just like, that. I do that anyway. Show me a potato salad tour of all the restaurants. <laughs> right, guys. I think that rounds up this week's podcast. I think it's been a pretty good one. Agreed. So. Yeah. I think so. Agreed. Yeah, awesome. So we'll catch you next week for episode six when we'll be sitting down with Xbox on host and Twitch streamer Bexbomb. We'll love you and leave you. Love you and leave you. Catch you there, guys. Bye. Bye.